I'm now recording and I'm not going to say anything else weird. <laughs> I'm Luke Summerhays. I'm James J. Miles. And I am Mus. And the UK's open again, so Andy's too busy shagging and boozing, <laughs> but you're listening to Monster Mash. And on this week's episode, we are hunting Kezoo. The monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. They played the mash. It got on in a flash. They played the mash. They played the. Loathsome wyverns that dwell in caves and other dark places. All but blind, Kezu hunt by smell. Their tail has evolved to cling to walls and ceilings. After using an electric shock to paralyze their prey, they extend their long neck and pounce. Nocturnal creatures coming out to feast find themselves becoming prey to this long-necked beast. Down the hatch they go, definitely deceased. Craven miscreant, show your mug if you dare. But when it turns to face you, you'd rather be elsewhere. Its perturbing expression, a sight too much to bear. Who's going to do it first then? Looks like a penis. There we go. (laughs) Oh yeah! Oh wait, so that's what penises look like. Okay. I mean, if anything, technically, I suppose I did it first with that fucking terrible poem I did last time, so, yeah. Um, But also, we did a podcast, like, five years ago about the Kezu, and I basically filled that with dick jokes. Good, I see see we've not, uh, none of us have changed or matured over the last five years. (laughs) Fantastic. I mean, the game doesn't really shy away from that comparison, though, either, when you think about it. I mean, if you read, like, quest descriptions and things like that. There's definitely some phallic overtones to what they're what they're going on about there. Definitely later ones, like from four onwards you get that. And I th- I wonder if it's just a translator's thing or if there's any of that in the Japanese game. Hmm. Yeah, I'd be curious to know. Um it definitely Because feels... I can't imagine when they first... Because Kezu's been around since the original Monster Hunter on PS2, like the first game. Yes. You'd think if they noticed it then, they wouldn't have included it, right? <laughs> yeah. I guess. It, it definitely then, feels like more of a... I think that fans have latched onto and then this, you know, the little mm. Hunter like preamble before the before the quest those are just kind of the translators giving a little funny nod saying yeah we know we know you can you know laugh away about it 
but I don't, I don't, I don't think can, it would come across in the, you know, in the original Japanese text. But it'd be interesting to you know. You can choose not to see it that way, right? Because you can say like, oh yeah, it's it's pale because it's like a a cave dwelling creature, and mm. it's the face is like that because it's blind because it doesn't need eyes because it lives in the dark, mm-hmm. and then you know it's sticking to the wall and acting like a sort of a, a leech or something. Like there's perfectly reasonable explanations why it looks like that. Yes. Yeah. But then it is just a pale, throbby white snake with veins on it that <laughs> extends and shrinks and it's a dick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can definitely uh you can see it as a monster and you can also see it as a a monster. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, Kezu, I mean like jokes aside, it is a fucking creepy motherfucker. Um, they have nailed, as you said, this whole cave-dwelling creature. Um, and if you're in that world, there would be something terrifying about like going for like, a mountain tunnel, trying to get to the next town or what have you. And then there's just like slime slowly gooping, dripping down from the ceiling. Um, I'm sure they've done that in like an older like ecology video where they've had that. Yeah, there's that some great ones. Um, I watched earlier today like a Kezu Through the Ages YouTube compilation and uh, there's a particularly good one for Monster Hunter online, like the weird Chinese empire, oh, yeah. where the hunter wakes up and he's like hanging upside down in the cave and the Kezu's creeping up to eat him Ooh. like in something out of Alien or whatever Oof. That is this creepy. has always been the horror monster, if any of them are mm. Well, they really, you know, they play that up as well with the, the, the lack of music, right? Like, yeah. it is designed to to get the jump on you in many ways if you if you haven't seen it crawling around in the ceiling, for example. Whereas most monsters, you know, you walk into the area, it spots you, and then the orchestra swells up and you're like, oh, okay, I've been seen. Where's the monster? Oh, okay, there mm-hmm. he is. I didn't see him in the corner or what have you. Whereas Kezu, if he spots you... You've got no indication, really, if he's on the roof, because he, he might jump down and just land on you. Um, yep. In I... games prior to 4, you would never even... The game would never even put you in the spotted state, which means you can't... Um, you couldn't lock on, and you can't do the dive, dodge, and stuff like that. But I think they changed the lock-on system, I guess, around 4. Right. So he does... It does act like you've been spotted now in terms of the actual mechanics. I was going to say, like, kind of linked to that, I suppose the the removal of the paintball mechanic, whilst is it's a godsend <laughs> for for actual gameplay, it does hurt that as was initial surprise element of Kezu because you just look on the map and go, oh, Kezu's in the same. Yeah, you know exactly where it mm-hmm. is. Yeah, mm-hmm. whereas you know the fact that you had to find the monster and paintball it before you could uh, begin tracking it. Um, kind of take something away from Kezu, but yeah. Like, in a certain sense, I'm glad I didn't have to look at this thing in World. <laughs> but also, he would have been pretty cool in World, with those more, like, three-dimensional maps, and that, the immersive, and the the fact that you did have to track them down the first couple times in mm-hmm. World. Like, tracking down a Kezu, and it eventually, like, it's above you and stuff, would have been very cinematic. Mm. Definitely, Those like... probably would have affected the age rating of that game. You know? <laughs> <laughs> kind of like, you know, picking up the tracks, like picking up like a pile of slime on the ground or what have you, and 
kind of tracking yeah, yeah. tracking the creature. Yeah, it definitely would have fit in that in that world, so to speak. But yeah, if you had him in the um, the desert area and then he fell in that hole, then this game's gonna they're gonna have to pixelate it in Japan. <laughs> oh dear, for God's sake. <laughs> so this is your first exposure. You've been exposed to Kezu for the first time. That's uh, true. Yourself, Moss. Um, what's your take on the big frobby boy? So it's interesting because I think Kezu was the monster that I remembered the most from one of the gameplay trailers. I only watched, I didn't watch all of the gameplay trailers, but I remember Kezu being in there and thinking, ooh, that looks weird. Because, uh, well, it's pretty self explanatory <laughs> It does look weird. Uh, so I was quite excited to fight it. Um, but it's a very control orientated monster, isn't it? It's got a lot of paralysis and it's got a lot of area of effect kind of uh, thunder attacks going going on. So it's it feels a little bit it's quite different, I think, to the monsters that I've fought up to this point. Because you have to choose your moments. You have to be a bit more methodical, I think. You can't just go in guns blazing and, and wail on it and expect to have a good time because mm. it's got so many sort of 360 degree, you know, thunder type moves like and stuff. Keep so. the keep the fuck away sort of deals. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it can be, especially if you've got a, a Kezu that's uh, a bit skittish and is running around a lot, I think it can be perhaps a little bit more frustrating than some of the other monster uh, fights. But it's, I think it's pretty good on the whole. It's, it's, it's like you were saying, it's quite a thematic one. Uh, and it certainly stands out from all the other monsters. I just think at the tier level it is, it's so different from the others that you almost have to rethink the way that you're playing the game, at least if you're using a super aggressive weapon like uh, dual blades or something mm. like that. I was just thinking, like, with, with how it operates as a fight, like, it definitely punishes blade masters more so than gunners. Um, mm-hmm. And like, like you said, it, it does kind of force you to... To, to kind of back off a bit and choose your moments like you mentioned um, where whilst you've had to do that in previous fights we've chatted about maybe not to such a degree like like you, certainly not you would get punished more for doing it in Kezu because eventually mm-hmm. you know those lightning attacks they hurt and then eventually it'll lead to a paralysis if you don't scrub off the uh, thunder blight and then you're going to get jumped on or attacked by the big stretchy neck or something's going to happen to you again that'll do even more damage so there's definitely even more of a punishing aspect to, to not choosing your moments and just running in all gung-ho like yeah because I'm like not, it's not ahead. difficult in the aggressive sense like some monsters where it's charging you down and constantly attacking and being very offensive it's difficult in the sense that you have to be very patient Yes, mm-hmm. it's a slow methodical fight so it's a very different kind of frustration to when we often say a monster is frustrating. Uh, which I think makes it feel very unique. But I kind of like it for that. If anything, you're getting frustrated at yourself. Because you're like, oh, why did I go in? Why did I attack? What a moron. Um, whereas other monsters... Yeah, that classic like, oh. Dark Souls thing, right? You yeah. died because you got greedy. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Whereas other monsters, you're like, oh, leave me alone. Like, Where's the where's the space to not, not get hit? You know, so... Um, <laughs> 
yeah, like I said, punishes that over-aggressive playstyle more so than anything other. I think it's the first monster as well that has um, a status effect that can really punish you as on top of having that status effect. I guess um, old Stinky Boy, whatever he was called, Volvadon, he can do he can do some damage to you whilst he's uh, got you in the poop state. But um, if you compare it to a lot of the monsters you fought up to this point, in Rise at least, uh, stuff like the Baggy, where we said, yeah, yeah, they can put you to sleep, but they won't do anything when you are asleep. Whereas, um, yeah, Kezu can actually... I wouldn't say he's like a hugely damaging monster, um, but if you haven't got the right armor, if you're a little bit vulnerable to thunder, then you can do a lot of damage. Mm-hmm. Um which might catch you out, I suppose, the first time. I think I... Because you can fight him fairly early. Yeah. So, yeah, I think a lot of people, when they first come up against Kezu, are not necessarily that well-equipped. Mm. He's got quite a tough hide as well. Like, like, like around the wings and, like, the feet, they're quite prone to bounce. Well, you don't bounce so much and... In, 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 uh, get the grey numbers there, right? But you get the grey numbers, yeah. you got that, that visual distinction of... Still yeah, he looks, a lot of damage. he looks kind of fleshy, so you assume he's just going to be slicing right into him. But it is a thicker hide than it looks. Yeah, like you've really I think got the like... game describes it as rubbery, right? So I guess rubbery, yeah, that's right. A bounce yeah. to it. Yeah. It's like his head is like the big weak point. Um, which again kind of plays into the whole um, <laughs> punishing aspect. Oh, well, not that bit much. <laughs> I, was, I was talking oh, okay. about the fight. <laughs> I was trying to be the, the bigger man. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, it kind of plays into that whole if you rush in, you get punished. See, like, you've got to get, if you want to do the most damage, you've got to be close and smack that big old head. Yeah, you can't just go straight for the head. You've got to, like, tease it out and, yeah. you know, work the lower areas yeah. first and eventually uh-huh. it'll present itself to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh definitely the monster that I can most see stepping into a Resident Evil game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Almost. And particularly, I feel like they've really exaggerated the red lips around its mouth this time as well. Mm-hmm. It looks, it's kind of got like a Joker thing going on. It reminds me of um, Seymour from Little Shop of Horrors. Not Seymour. A little bit. Fucking Audrey. Big plant. Right, yeah, he's almost the person Audrey talks to. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, big, big old plant. Kind of the, the kind of that that same sort of pursed lips. Obviously, no, no eyes, um, and a big freaky old monster at the end of the day as well. And the whole the big mouth that just splits the whole face in half. Cause yes, the head is just the mouth. Yes. Mm. The um, on the previous podcast we talked about the Kezu whelps, which. Are like I think they're often just like a pickup or like a little thing you can kill, but it yeah it leaves its offspring like in bodies. Yes, and we ended up making the comparison that Kezu's kind of like the xenomorphs, right? Like the yeah. alien from Aliens, mm-hmm. with it being it births itself from a body and also extremely phallic. Yeah, which in the xenomorphs case at least was definitely deliberate. Mm. With that, the jury's still out on Kezu. <laughs> I don't think the whelps have. Been in, they're not in Rise, right? I've not noticed anything. Yeah, that works, no. yeah. I, I definitely remember them in the, um, the first Ice Area from gen- yeah. Generations. Yeah, like there was like the the dead. What was it? A dead Kishala at the top of the mountain. 
in that game. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And like you can you can mine it, and you would get a Kezu whelp kind of attached to you, and you would start losing health, kind of like as it's biting you. Before you take so it, you race back to, down to the bottom to, to de- deposit it it. points. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of a fun mechanic, but the fast travel system is so simple and rise that it would make no sense. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Again, have you played Dragon's Dogma? I haven't, no. Because in that, there's a fast travel system. Like you lay down stones, and then you can fast travel between them at any time. Uh, but it also has like a whole bunch of optional um, escort side quests. But if you've got the stone laid down at the destination, you can just warp the guy you're escorting there and get the <laughs> points. <laughs> to the point that it feels like that's just what you're meant to do, because if you actually try and escort them, it's a real pain in the ass. But if you're just like a teleportation taxi surface, it's piss easy and you get loads of EXP. Play smarter. Yep. Kazu just plays harder. Uh-huh, yep. Oh, dear. <laughs> did you notice that it didn't have any music the first time you faced it in this game Mas? Uh yes because you made a joke about it <laughs> so I did I forgot about that <laughs> you were saying oh wait till the music kicks in of course it never does and I was like no it's gonna it's gonna we'll get to the fireworks factory Krusty's got that <laughs> Yeah. Sometimes music kicks in, but that's when another monster's around. Yes. Or does it? <laughs> it does. I think it does Depends. Now, but in earlier games it wouldn't. Yeah, no, I, th- I think it does now. Yeah. 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 Every single YouTuber who does the, like, covering Monster Hunter songs thing has done a joke where they upload a video and it's like, Kezu theme, and it's just them not playing anything. That's a really good joke. It's very clever. Well researched. I should spend I, my I time on I liked it YouTube. the first time I saw one of them do it. And yeah. I noticed they've all done it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I've, I've come up with a new rule for living about What's YouTube, that? actually. Because, do you remember, why, a wise man, or past boy back then, once said to me, his name was Luke Summerhays, he said, if a video starts with, hey guys, turn it off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's a, that's a good one. That's a good one. This is my other one. So, like, because now a lot of the YouTube that I watch will be when we're, like, eating or something like that on our big old TV. And mm. so you've, you've got the thumb. The thumbnails are, like, a really important part, like, so much more important on YouTube now than they used to be back in the day. And uh, it seems to be that uh, a lot of YouTubers will have their mouth about as wide open as they can. So if you can fit a sexual object inside a YouTuber's mouth in the thumbnail, don't watch their video. That's my second rule for living. I just won't, won't watch it. I mean, I don't think any of these YouTubers could fit my sexual object in their mouth, but... Oh, of course not, mate. But, um, you know, didn't specify it had to be yours. <laughs> <laughs> let me, let me, let me say, all right, I'll go back on topic, but in a really meandering, <laughs> stupid way. I, you know, uh, the Hunter's Notes for Kezu... They, they all talk about how, and obviously Kezu's blind, so they all talk about the fact that it's got a really strong sense of smell, and that's how it will track uh, mm-hmm. its prey. But then it's also around water all the time because, well, it's got quite fleshy skin. It probably needs to, probably needs to be hydrated quite a lot. But then I was mm. thinking, you know, I've watched I've watched some movies. I don't know if you have, and uh, though I'm thinking of those ones where they're kind of doing an escape from a prison. And uh, they've got a bit of a head start on the guards 
and then they'll the guards will have their their dogs, won't they? They'll be sniffing them out, and the 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 escapees they cross a river, and then the dogs just go, oh, I can't smell them anymore. I don't think some, that works. Some, it doesn't work. <laughs> it really doesn't work because what happens is, sure, on in the river itself, the dogs can't smell you, but as soon as you're on the other side, because uh, you're dripping with water, and that's going to have loads of your like dead skin in it. You're you actually you're magnifying your smell. So I was like, oh, it actually makes a lot of sense that you'd have a sniffy boy by a river. Because uh, as soon as something, like, you can just imagine, like, uh, you know, a herbivore in this universe going up to get a drink and then walking off, getting a little bit wet. And it's just like a beacon for a kezu because they would absolutely know where you are. So I was like, oh, she does make an awful lot of sense and makes me more scared of kez- uh, kezus now. <laughs> you do it also see them, makes uh... it make make a lot more sense that his face is the bit you can damage because like on a shark with its very mm. developed sense of smell mm. it's mm-hmm. got loads of nose loads of nerves in its nose so its nose is like its weak point yeah and you do see him like sniffing about as well when he loses track of you uh, kind of snuffling towards you um and it also kind of explains why a lot of his moveset i suppose is just get the fuck away from me sort of lightning blasts because Maybe he doesn't know where you are. He knows he's no no. He doesn't know where you are. Sorry, um, he just knows you're after him. So he's like, okay, I'll just blast everywhere, and I might get them. So that kind mm-hmm. of ties into the whole blind aspect as well. Yeah, he might not know exactly where you are, but he knows you're near. Yes, so it makes sense. He does a lot of area of effect attacks. It's interesting as well that um, to to beat a kezu, something you have to wear a kezu because like his rubbery skin, <laughs> obviously very lightning resistant. Um, yeah, like one of the best sets of armor you could probably wear to to attack the boy. Um, and I haven't made the Kezu set in Rise, but is it still the Assassin's Creed <laughs> white kind of hood it, cloak thing? It is, but because the textures are a lot better, it actually looks like shiny and rubbery. So it's oh, got you. It feels less like you're looking at an Assassin's Creed mm-hmm. cloak. Mm, that Has that been like that though? since? The first one, the first game. They had I think that. it's always kind of looked like that, yeah. So yeah. It's Assassin's Creed ripped off Monster Hunter, not the other way around. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say because that would have been O four, and Assassin's Creed started in O seven. Anything on the? Oh, we've spoken a bit about the design. But anything on the name? Look that we. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we did record a Kazu podcast a few years ago, back when I had no fucking clue. <laughs> the one thing which I managed to pick up on is that the Japanese name Furufuru, it's basically the onomatopoeia for shivering, which mm. makes sense because he's scary and he's in cold places. So it it kind of does make sense that he'd be called Shiver, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but then I messaged uh, Suwada just in case, and I said like, so this guy just means Shiver, right? And he searched on the Japanese web, and all the Japanese nerds are like. His name comes from one of the 72 demons from, like, biblical demonology, Furfur, which is a thunder dragon. Oh. But that also might just be nerds trying to dig too deep. It might be kind of both. Like, it might be kind of a yeah. clever name in that sense. But that... Yep. I could buy into that, yeah. Because it doesn't... It, it kind of looks like a dragon, but it doesn't really look like a Kezu. No, well, I mean, it's, a, I suppose, a, a wyvern in that sense, and then... The thunder aspect definitely yeah. is more of a link, right? So, but the thing that we had absolutely no idea about last time was the actual English name, right? Kezu mm-hmm. or Kezu. Mm-hmm. Um, the bow in Monster Hunter Generations 
is called the called the Kazu Kesis. And uh, yeah, Kazu is just Japanese, uh, not Japanese, French for what's this. So I think the name comes from the translators are sitting around in 2004. They get sent the monsters over from Japan. So they're like, okay, yeah, big red dragon. We'll call it the Rathalos. That makes sense, right? And then like, all right, yeah, Yankaku, you know, it's like a bird. And then they get to this one. They're just like, what the fuck is this, guys? (laughs) (laughs) So they've just called it what the in French. (laughs) Yeah, I can buy that. Is it called Kezu in French? Um, I think for most games like this, the they just use the they just English. use English names everywhere. Like, yeah, Pokemon didn't for the first gen, but has for most of the others and stuff like that. Yeah, I love um, I love Jigglypuff's French name. I think it's a uh, Rondudu. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, the first one, the first generation, they just gave the English game to their like other European translators and just let them do basically what they want. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, but then obviously once it became a huge fucking franchise, they're a little more on the ball for the others. <sighs> Tonight's main event has been booked, and we're ready to go wild. First walks in Arzurus, and the crowd goes mild, for they are here to cheer for one fighter. You see. This sumo wrestler's more than a Yokozuna or a Rikishi. He's the swollest fighter around, the big jacked Kappa. Muscles rippling as he walks in, more ripped than the Saiyan Nappa. Arzurus roars, but he's uneasy. He knows his chances of winning are gone, as he's facing off against the king of sumo, Tetranodon. So yeah, join us for that one next week, very excited to chat about. Uh, a new monster to rise and a very good one indeed. So yes, please join us for that. But yeah, I feel uh, like it's been a minute since we did a new monster, so I'm pretty excited. Yeah, yeah. like uh, we've only done. This is a big one. Um, Agnesom, right? Oh, and obviously it's a cheap at the start. Yes, yeah. But yeah, we've got a couple of new monsters coming back to back, uh, which is going to be very exciting, and I'm looking forward to chatting about both of them. Um, but yes, uh, to get you hyped up for that one, in the meantime, where can they follow and find us, Luke? We're on Twitter, at Monster Mash Pod. You can also find us on Facebook, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere where you can find podcasts, you can find us by searching Monster Mash Podcast. And if you want, you can give us a five-star rating and a review and tell your friends and all of that. You know, we'd like it if lots of people listened, but if you're listening, then thank you already. And uh, as he's not here this week, he doesn't deserve any tweets. No, uh, he doesn't. What can they tweet at Buskalily, Mas? Oh, I was just, you know, silence. Just just don't, you know, be thematic with it. Don't send him a tweet. <laughs> Until he least expects it. And then, like, eat him or something. <laughs> <laughs> If yep. you're interested in eating me, then send me a message. We can sort some out. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the $20, $20 Patreon goal? <laughs> yeah, how much How much would you charge for someone to eat a bit of you? A little bit. A little bit. Like a finger? Oh, what bit? I thought you said a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I, 
I would hope it's sort of. I don't know. I don't know like how these one things of work. My cheeks. I was thinking like a chunk, like a chunk of a bit, like chunk of thigh or something like that. When you give them like that bit in your ear that you know people always shoot, you know, earrings into and whatever, because that'll grow back. So you can just sort of have you can have a, a repeat customer. <laughs> if it's a bit that grows back, ten grand. Ten grand for a bit that grows back. Yeah. I suppose, it, like in that case, it would just be you get your ears pierced and you go right here. You go, <laughs> or do you have to put in like one well, of those I mean, things? If it, if those if huge the ring things. Tell me, then like yeah, a big chunk of your thigh. You know, oh right, you'd yeah, be yeah. bedridden for a bit, but it will grow back. And like yeah, ten grand. Okay. Well, there you go, viewers. <laughs> you go, born enthusiasts. <laughs> Do you remember when I said I'm starting to record and I'm not going to say anything weird? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, we're fine. Totally normal. <laughs> well, Thank until you then. For listening. <laughs> until then, catch you next time. Bye. 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 But honey, it's three PM time for your dick flattening. <laughs> I thought you weren't gonna say anything weird. <laughs> it's not weird. I meant weird in terms of getting the words wrong. In terms of content, it's gonna be very weird. <laughs> Just quoting Willy Wonka's estranged wife. <laughs> I mean, you would be quite estranged if you were dating married Willy to Willy Wonka. Yeah. I mean, which what? Willy Wonka are we thinking? Like Johnny Depp or? I, they're both. They're, I'm not going to say they're both as bad as each other, but they're both bad. They're both weird, but there's definitely one that I want to fuck more than the <laughs> other. <laughs> oh, okay. Which one's that then? Johnny Depp. That's yeah. Enough. Yeah. Alright, but as far as Willy Wonka goes, they're both... Look at Augustus Gloop, right? They bring six or so children into a fucking chocolate factory and they say, eat what you want. And then one of them falls in the river and they go, well, I guess you deserve to die. I mean, I know he doesn't die, but I'm like, what What sort of a man is this? What a weird, what a weird book. What a weird book. <laughs> and film. I think it's just a weird bloke. I've, it's interesting that because uh, Charlie's the one who, who makes it, right, obviously at the end. But his defining yeah. trait is that he's from a poor family and has no other personality. <laughs> like all the other kids have a personality trait that's probably their parents' fault, but they get punished for it through horrible means. Well, it's definitely their parents' fault. They are children. Yeah, 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 but like. <laughs> they are minors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's like, how can you blame that kid for wanting to go inside a TV when the TV raised him? <laughs> it's like, the TV's his parents. Oh, now he's going to have to be stretched out. Oh, oh, and like just... you said before, how can you blame a kid for wanting to eat chocolate at the chocolate yeah. factory you invited him to? I know. Willy Wonka's just like a horrible... Oh. I mean, the first film's great, don't get me wrong, but Willy Wonka himself is a right asshole. 
absolutely not be around children. I think the reason the first one works is because it kind of acknowledges that Willy Wonka's an asshole. Yeah. Like Gene Wilder plays him like such a cunt. Mm-hmm. Whereas they try and humanise him a bit in the Tim Burton one. It's like, got a lot Max more of a, his dad a Well, they've got his, like, backstory, yeah, yeah, like yeah, the yeah, dead yeah, stuff, yeah. right? He plays his dad again in the... Um, Christopher the... Lee, mate. Yeah. That's right, yeah, I knew it was somebody big. Well, I mean, Andy's not here, so Jas isn't here. Maybe... <laughs> <laughs> maybe, 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 I maybe Christopher Lee will be. <laughs> well, you know, I've got a few balls knocking about in this flat. Maybe he's in one of them. Is <laughs> <laughs> that what happens to dead celebrities that get trapped in balls? Well, you know, yeah. yeah. But, uh, you I know, mean, I don't have all of them. If you subscribe to reincarnation, then yeah, kinda. <laughs> what a horrible fate. Right? You've lived a great life as a, you know, a very beloved and, and, and well-respected actor. Sorry, <laughs> you're going to have to live in a football for the next 40 years. <laughs> but then there's like so many things where I'm like, well, I don't really think about... When you're, like, when you're driving, for example, you're not really thinking about driving. <laughs> it's just something that you do. It's like a reflex um, sort of thing. I think you are at first when you're learning, but oh, yeah, it's of course. like anything. Yeah. Like, you yeah. eventually becomes... It's like an extension of your arm. When I first started learning, the only way I could do it was to was to picture uh, the bridge of the Starship Enterprise and have like, okay, Mr. Chekhov is on the pedals, Mr. Spock is checking the mirrors, Mr. Sulu is doing the steering wheel, all that sort of shit. Oh God, Sulu, why? <laughs> I pictured him fogging the steering wheel. Everyone else, you said, oh, he's like checking the mirrors. He's He's checking the mirrors, he's doing this, he's doing that. But it, with Sulu, it was like, no, he's doing the steering wheel. <laughs> and I just know what you're like, so... <laughs> it's been 18 months, though. It's been more than that now. It's been like four years since I drove a car. Yeah, Probably completely forgotten. About the same as me. Not since moving to a real city. I've been like, I don't really need a car. I remember we used to talk about the monster on the hunts. <laughs> no. <laughs> I do. We'd like could we make a concerted effort to be like, oh we'd talk about his moveset. Like what's doing? Is it doing a move? No, we just killed it. We just killed it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you go, you talked about the monster right at the end. <laughs>